I, I think the poet or the filmmaker or the musician, the poet must not avert his eyes. You must not avert your eyes. This is what is coming at us. to find the one Bella that has a strange heart. I'm Paul Salt. I'm nicknamed after the Loch Ness Monster! Today we shall be witnessing the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn Part 2 Oh be still thy cascading locks. Uh, yes. This week's episode was recommended by Rob Wade of Emotionally 14, game cast for the permanently teenaged. I auditioned for Emotionally 14 once, but they said whilst my body was indeed that of a 14-year-old boy, apparently I have the mind of a fucking wanker and they'd rather see me burn in a fire of my own making. Oh well, thanks for the rec, Rob. Absolutely. Thanks for the recommendation of TSBD2. Colon, colon, colon. Colons, put them wherever you wish. Mm. The final instalment in the popular Twilight franchise... Saga, sorry sir. Saga, Mm -hmm. I should say. Um, right. This one directed by Bill Condon, adapted from the hit young adult novels by Stephanie Mayer. And hip young. Yeah, you'll you'll all you'll all be aware of it because of the underground book scene that you're all part of. Overlaps with the Fight Club. <laughs> Go there every Friday. <laughs> well, that concludes our discussion of Infinite Jest. Shirts off, fellas. <laughs> Ladies, leave. <laughs> no room for you in this narrative. Uh, critics reacted to it like an aberration. Uh, Peter Travers over at Rolling Stone said, You're going to hear a lot about Breaking Dawn Part 2 being the best of the Twilight movies. That's like saying a simple head cold is preferable to swine flu. Peter Travers keeping it classy as always. Yeah, welcome back, Peter Travers. It's been weird without you. <laughs> he comes back to us now like an aging whore. <laughs> who, um, what was the rest of it? <laughs> it was just... Don't know. I don't know <laughs> anymore. I don't makeup. listen to these. <laughs> Like a prodigal whore. <laughs> the prodigal whore returned to us at last. <laughs> that's how it goes, isn't it? Yeah, that's the one. Christy Lemire over at Associated Press mm-hmm. said, Finally, finally the Twilight franchise embraces its own innate absurdity with its gleeful over-the-top conclusion. Oh, that sounded like a positive one. Whoops. Um, anyway, uh, Amy Nicholson over at Box Office Magazine said, Every frame of silent, lip-biting, pent-up tension in the series has been holding its breath for this. A 600-minute soap opera suddenly exploding into a grindhouse slasher. That sounds good too. No, you're right, actually. It sounds, I mean, semi. It's probably, you probably took it out of context. (laughs) After the, yeah, there's ellipsis after that and then not. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Amy Nicholson, you got us again. The important thing is that angry young men on the internet hated it. Oh, few. Few. Uh, at last, something. Uh, Mandar Dami over at IMDb. I went to watch this film because I was forced to. Famous hostage, mm. Mandar Dami there. <laughs> I don't understand why people, I mean girls, were laughing in between as if dialogue were really humorous! Exclamation mark, exclamation mark, exclamation mark. When I feel the dialogues, I felt like anyone without any professional experience can write such piece of crap. What a... Waste of time. Well, let's let's 
Let's get the opinion of a bloody woman, shall we? Oh, Mrs. F- Mrs. Philippa Hogan. The men won't stand um, for it. Mrs. Ph- well, maybe this one, because it is the wife and daughter of um, noted wrestler Paul Hogan. Um, Mrs. Philippa Hogan, writing for Amazon, said, Tedious, cannot understand how this series got such high rating in the cinemas. Could have been great if it had been made in Europe. Tony Blair there, up to his old tricks. If Wait, what? <laughs> if, if only, only it had been subject to European tax laws. If Lars von Trier had directed this. Then I think we can all agree. See European? No, probably not. Anyway, <laughs> oh, in, it's, it, it's a grey area. Oh God, so Paul, you big dumb dog. Oh hello. Uh, what sparkled for you about Twilight to the break of dawn? Well, Rami Malek is in this. Rami Malek is in this. Yes, Snafu from the Pacific. Fuck now, yeah! Every second of his appearance, I felt good because. I recognised him from a great show, but then I felt bad because he's Rami Malek and everything he does scares me. <laughs> that sounds delightful, Paul. Um, what say we get started on that there Breaking Dawn? Ooh, let's. First off, have Let's... you ever seen Twilight before? No. Excellent. <laughs> I've seen no Twilight whatsoever. Yourself, sir? I've seen the first one. Read any of the books by Miss Stephanie Meyer? Nope. Excellent. I know people who have. I once saw someone reading it on a bus, so... Is that? Look, I think we're pretty safe with this one. It starts with Kristen Stewart. A TV... Well, it starts with a TV opening credit sequence. Yes. Uh, from a television show. Yes. With shots of nature, with a weird superimposition, which I'm reliably informed is the first time one of these films has had a proper opening credit sequence. Yep, Bill Condon saw Hannibal. <laughs> and Penny Dreadful. Yep. And was like, oh, let's just do that. Oh, let's just get surreal and shit. Yep, it's got a lovely long list of names in it, some of which we'll be seeing in the movie. It's just They're just names, Paul. Just names. They're just names. Don't take it it's out of context. It's just a lovely string of names. It's about invoking the feeling yeah. of the names. Andrew. Jemima. <laughs> Ooh. Be- Bellatrix. They're nice names. Kristen Stewart opens her eyes and they're red. Yes. Yep, she- they are red. Uh, Robert Pattinson's hilarious face homes into view uh, with that expression that he has that he uses in this, uh, which is very much the expression of a man who's just been told, I'm sorry, sir, we don't have any more in that size. <laughs> <laughs> what we've been able to glean from this um, is that Bella is now a vampire. Yes. And she wasn't one from the beginning, yeah. I guess. He made Great. her one because she died, or she was dying, giving birth to the baby. The baby. Yes. Good stuff. She is now a vampire. That's great. She has lots of powers. Yes, the ability to whoosh across a room awkwardly. Yes. And grab someone, but like, hug someone, but with an awkward sound effect added to it. Yeah, with a lovely whomp to every <laughs> every time she comes into contact with Robert Pattinson. And she does this a, a Keanu co- Reeves-style whomp. <laughs> um, what? Famous catchphrase of Keanu Reeves. <laughs> No, just Take- whenever he punches someone, it's the same sound effect oh, right. as when oh, okay, Vampire Bella goes in for a hug. <laughs> it's the blue pill or the red pill. Womp. <laughs> I don't... Look, canoe. We need a talk. Canoe. Let's just... <laughs> <laughs> do, this, do this one more time. They go hunting, right, before seeing the baby. Yeah, before... Well, fuck the she needs to, baby? Oh, see, she needs to feed. That's it. She wants to see the yes. baby that, that killed her, but she needs to feed before she does that. So they go on a hunt. And what there a hunt. a whole thing... There is a whole thing, though, about how they're kind of worried that maybe she won't be able to control herself and will just eat the fucking baby. Best get her nice and full of of stuff. Get some good starch in her. Get a feeling a bit stodgy. And then hopefully she won't have a mind to just eat her own progeny. Yes, the starch of a dying deer. 
they go they go jogging at light speed into the into the into the woods around them which is a f- on the spot fucking, into the woods which is a fucking glorious sequence but with slow motion and the pan 10 effect yes they find a deer yeah and they're gonna eat the shit out of this deer but there's some guy up a mountain yeah. there's some chancer she smells a human he's gone up a mountain it smells of human. So she runs off in order to fucking eat that human as quick as possible. Yeah, which um, but- which involves more hilarious climbing up a <laughs> cliff face. They have the guy doing it properly. He obviously was a real mountain climber man. And they just have Kristen Stewart do it. Um, I, I th- I'm thinking of like wire work from Gladiators, again in the 90s. So would you have preferred that she shows up and gets her grandpons out and starts fucking carefully getting up no, that cliff? a couple of like... Even like ice, like a couple of isolated shots of her just like getting, you know, point break style, like slipping a thumb ah, in a crevice. Ah, nice. Kirsten like- Stewart didn't thumb nearly enough crevices in this film. Paul Goodman, one good thing. So yes, uh, our Pats catches up with her and is like, don't do yeah. that. And she's don't like, don't eat a human. Oh, all right. So she goes back to yeah, the exact right. same deer that she was just fucking yeah. stalking. <laughs> she shows up at the house that they have, the Cullen yep. family house, I guess. And Jacob's there. Now, Jacob is a werewolf. And I'm led to believe that a lot of the tension of the previous movies has revolved around, you know, who case she's going to end they, up with. Won't they? Yeah, yeah. she's going to go with the young hulky werewolf or the guy who's literally on the yeah. front front of the book. Who yeah. knows? It's a sensual who done it. <laughs> yeah, it's a what done it? It's a it's a what done what? Um, and it's a how done it? That's what everyone loves <laughs> about it. So, but fortunately. That yeah, that romantic triangle, sorry, has been resolved by her marrying Arpats, and yeah, yeah, Jacob shows up. Um, you know, maybe still has some feelings for Bella. I mean, they did court each other pretty hard, you know, back in the yeah. day. Um, shows up and Case you says, um, "Oh my God, you do stink." I see what everyone was talking about now. You smell terrible. <laughs> Come, Arpats, let's make out in front of this stinky chump. <laughs> <laughs> so stinky Taylor Lautner, who, um, if I'm not mistaken. He's a three-man. He's a two-man. I don't know. Wh- where's the... F- Ridiculous six. Oh, shit! Why didn't th- why didn't this show up in my fucking database? Fuck. Everyone... Fuck your database. There's been a problem with the database. Everyone just fucking get out of town. Take out your earphones now. <laughs> Simultaneously now. Oh, is it also because he's uncredited in Grown Ups too? Yes. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, we have an unprecedented situation of yet another uncredited miscreant from Adam's, Adam Sandlerverse. God almighty... That that Sandlerverse is just never going to stop chewing up my database. It's a deliberate attempt by Adam Sandler to try and subvert this podcast. God, this means that every time we, we come across somebody who <laughs> was in an Adam Sandler film, we're going to have to physically go through the IMDb list, taking uh, minutes out of our day. I'm not doing it. But this means... It's not on. I think it's probably safer just to assume that every actor we've ever seen has been in at least three of the Adam Sandler movies we've watched. All right, well, everyone, you're a, th- you're a three-man. Oh, free to a man, free in a bush, free, free, yo. Films a shit, mate. Yeah, everyone's a three-man. But Taylor Lautner, you're especially a three-man, by merit of actually being one. Can I just, um, before we get on with this, whether uh-huh. or not we want to share this with our loving public, I don't know, but it says on the IMDb page that Taylor, Taylor Lautner's trademark, uh-huh. his abs, no full stop. <laughs> no, None needed. Anyway, very sorry, sorry Taylor Lautner, you're, you, you do try very hard, and you've you're... been the best bit in a couple of Adam Sandler films, it's just, yeah. the films are shit, mate. <laughs> that is unfortunate, but yeah, I... I, I... 
having seen now three Taylor Lautner films, I have no ill will against him whatsoever. He's never yeah. annoyed me in a role. Anyway, so that ro- that whole romantic thing that we mentioned earlier, um, been resolved by them marrying, but uh-huh. also by Taylor. Well, I should say Jacob rather than Taylor Lautner. Probably this next sentence could land him in some trouble because. <laughs> Jacob slash Taylor is, is Taylor Lautner. Definitely it is. Taylor yeah, it's Lautner. Taylor Lautner. Imprints, he imprints himself on Kristen Stewart and Robert Pattinson's baby girl. Yes, Renesmee. Um, yeah. Which is unfortunate. Broken Britain. Broken Britain. Yeah. Basically, they go inside the house and the baby's there looking terrifying. Yeah. And um, looking all CGI, looking like nothing like an uh, a baby should look. But you know that was actually their uh, their second attempt at that particular special effect. You know, Paul. Oh, yeah, it was. Really? Yeah, perhaps you'd like to see the um, the original special effect that they that they did. Um, oh, you know, just for laughs. You know, you'll probably just look at it and go like, oh right, yeah, there's some room for improvement there. Uh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. actually, Paul, I think I would. I yeah. think I would. I would love to see this. I Show mean, me. It's just going to be cute, right? I mean, it's you know, it's uh-huh. going to be cute. Here you go. Yeah, have a, Okay, have let a... me just let me just see. Oh my fucking god! <laughs> what the fuck is that? It's eyes. That's the worst thing I've ever seen. It's eyes. God. It's eyes. Look at his mouth. <laughs> or were you doing a Rosemary's Baby bit there? What have you done to his eyes? No, I wasn't. I haven't seen Rosemary's Baby. <laughs> Look at his eyes. Look at the mouth. It looks like a frog has tried to uh, disguise himself as a human by putting a fake forehead on top of the eyes that stick out from the top of its head. Fuck. The hair. It's so unpleasant. Yeah, there's just something about that side parting that goes right up the, uh, to the top of the forehead. Yeah. Ugh. Mum, Mummy, are we, are we taking out the Iron Maiden this Christmas? <laughs> Not the iron again, Mummy. You'll never get my face completely flat. God, and I love who is the who's who who is it that's holding her? Oh, that's um no, I don't know who that is. But she's kind of she's like holding it out apologetically to the rest of the world and going, <laughs> "I'm so fucking sorry. This is my baby, everyone. I'm sorry. Just say she's nice. She can read minds." <laughs> Martin fucking Sheen shows up. We need to kill that thing. Why do you think it's some sort of immortal child or something? Just fucking look at it. Yes, all right. If that helps, she's immortal. She's bloodsucker, brain brain fucker. She she fucks brains. I don't know about you, but whenever I see a baby in something and think that doesn't look like the actress it's going to grow up to be, that baby. Well, I am out of the moment. <laughs> Consider me well and truly out. Taylor Lautner looks at the baby and is like, "I'm going to fuck that one day." They're like, what? Yeah. That's horrible. I'm sorry, it's a werewolf yeah. thing. I'm going to fuck that one day. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. That's the worst thing I've ever heard. Can you get used to it? Yes, I probably can. Just give me a scene. Yeah. Next scene. <laughs> Jacob's back in. Yeah. It's just in his nature. Yeah. And he's not going to fuck him. He's not going to fuck the baby <laughs> as a baby. No, he's, he's going to wait till she's of, of sexable age. Yeah, he's going to wait around, yeah. sniffing around the house, sort of just sort of, you know insidiously familiarizing yeah. himself with her then he's gonna have sex on her 10 years to go <laughs> or actually it's it's seven or so isn't it because of the whole oh yeah like, the immortal baby oh, thing they, they reach pff, pff, sexable age in seven years yeah don't worry guys he's not gonna have sex with this baby at least for seven years <laughs> what's wrong with you stephanie meyer god it makes woody harrelson look like <laughs> a man who's happily and non-weirdly married for his entire life <laughs> Did you mean Woody Harrelson or Woody Allen? 
<laughs> makes Woody Harrison look like Woody Harrison because <laughs> he's great. Oh my god. Anyway, they go off and have sex in their new cottage that's been built for them by vampires. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's them having sex. It's hiding in two nearby cupboards and coming out now and they're going. <laughs> they hide Jim Broadbent. <laughs> to... <laughs> they have a baby Jim Broadbent together. <laughs> he hangs out in the closet because he can't finish unless he's watching two vampires going at it. Ooh. With all the whooping and the whooping that involves. Ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> You tie this tomato sauce. <laughs> and he comes back to the house, and yep. one of the younger vampires is like, Hey, you guys done fucking? <laughs> yeah. Do you like that, Jacob? Huh? Former love interest? Yeah. <laughs> you guys done pound away? You got any furniture left? <laughs> your dad wants to know if you're dead or not. <laughs> um. <laughs> So Jacob goes. <laughs> oh, so good blowy, I bet. Anyway, your dad's deeply upset. <laughs> Jacob decides that rather than just lie to the dad about Bella dying, you might as well just go tell him, tell her that she's a vampire. The only way he knows how, <laughs> he shows up and slowly starts stripping off his clothes. Tell, assuring him that his world is about to change forever. <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, no. Keep keep waiting. It's, it's going to change any it's day. It's all going to make sense in a sec. Just, just. And to Billy Burke's credit, he does stick around. <laughs> Let's see where he's going with this. And he, turns he turns it to a in... werewolf site. Yes. yes. The... <laughs> just Long story that. short. End of the day, lads did well. He turns into a werewolf, and he's like, "Oh, all right. That's pretty weird, but you know what?" <laughs> I live in Seattle. Basically, they, they tell him something. They don't tell him she's a vampire, but Bella's no. basically just like, look, there's there's some things that you don't need to know, such as your yeah. daughter is now a ravenous creature of the night who yeah. is almost utterly unable, unable to control her ravenous bloodlust. It's like, okay, I accept that there are some things I just don't need to know. Hey, who's yeah. that? Oh, your granddaughter. Anyway, let me show you yeah. the door. Um, there's a montage of her learning that she's actually super strong and she breaks rocks, which is great. Good for her. Venezme grows up kind of from a terrifying little baby into a terrifying older baby <laughs> but a member of the Cullen coven uh sees this and betrays them and goes to tell Michael Sheen who's part yes. of an organization called the begins with a v the the Voltrons I reckon yeah the Voltrons the uh... mighty mighty Voltrons I think they've got bez <laughs> on tambourine <laughs> yes Michael Sheen who um came on set and realized that he had to do the acting for everybody <laughs> He came on set and decided to do an impression of Orson Welles. <laughs> doing an impression of John C. McGinley. Doing an impression of Michael Sheen. And yeah, he's obviously I gutted that there's this this baby who's knocking about because the the idea is when there's a when there's a vampire baby, it's the end of the world. Because yeah, it because shouldn't turn a baby. Or a no, child. because it never grows up. Um it just stays yeah. like infantile but yeah. gets really strong and so tantrums can destroy entire villages. Yeah, spits its dummy out, it closes the lines of the local Audi. <laughs> it can shit a horse. If it says no to eating its greens, then then Noel Edmonds wins the lottery. Just like in the <laughs> advert, it comes true. Oh, end of days. <laughs> um, some chick named Alice, who's apparently quite important, foresees this 
And she goes off, leading a cryptic clue for the Cullens, saying, get a bunch of witnesses together to say that she's not the son of the Antichrist and that she was actually born. So they need witnesses, so they go find Rami Malek, who's who's casually tossing pebbles into a dead soldier's head cavity. (laughs) Yep. And they find Lee Pace, who still looks fucking fabulous, fresh (laughs) off the set of... The Hobbit. Yeah, who, ne- who never fails to look absolutely resplendent and fuckable. 18 vampires later, the dad gets sent off, they give him a fishing trip, and he's like, you trying to get rid of me? Oh god, yes we are, I'm sorry. I'm a vampire, the vampire, there are other vampires coming to kill us all. It's all gone so badly, my life is running out of control, I don't know what happened. Because it's working. Uh, oh! Oh! <laughs> oh great well off, off you go then you go Billy Burke <laughs> enjoy the fishing trip in winter <gasps> yeah. <laughs> yeah oh fuck fuck shit 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 shit, shit. daddy help me daddy, I need your help dad I need it so bad anyway yeah so that's so that's good um, they are setting up the scene for the final showdown <laughs> which is happening now well yeah they all show up yeah yes they all show up at a great big field they stand literally like three yeah. miles away from each other and have yeah. a conversation uh it all revolves around the fact that michael sheenan realizes yes. that renesme actually was born of woman and wasn't turned after her birth yeah that's resolved quite nicely yep nicely resolved there they tear the arms and head off of um the chick who betrayed the cullens yep uh and then set fire to her as well just in case but he's like you know what i'm still a bit worried about this though she could still be like super powerful and humans pose a threat to our kind their modern technology has given birth to weapons that could destroy us. Such perilous times. Only the known safe. On top of all of that, look at that face, though. <laughs> we can't um, let that live. Alice shows up and she's like, look, I've brought this hot African vampire with me. I say hot, he is wearing a loincloth in the middle of a winter scene. It's like, hey, this kid's grown up half a vampire and nobody knew anything. Not even you dumb fucks. Well, that's true. Oh, brilliant. All right, that's fine then. We'll just go off then. Good. You do that then, mate. All right. All right. He heads off. Um, And they go home. Everybody fucks. Yeah. Lovely. Roll credits. That was was weird, wasn't it? It kind of just fizzled out. Yeah, it's nice to see them sorting that out diplomatically. Yeah, it subverts expectations. I feel like like I had a really strong visceral reaction to something that we haven't mentioned. I feel like there was something that made me genuinely glad to be alive. What was that? The sex hives that you get sometimes yeah. when you've had too much of it. <laughs> no, it made me forget about the sex hives. Like just for an oh. instant. And what, what was it? What was? Could it have been the fifteen-minute-long battle sequence that happened entirely inside of Michael Sheen's head? <sighs> I don't remember a battle sequence. I remember. Oh the that scene from apocalypto where 58 people had their heads removed and tossed in a big hole did you happen to randomly watch that scene in the middle of twilight breaking dawn part two now now you mention it i th- i thought i thought nell had just decided to put on mel gibson's apocalypto in the, and i asked her and she looked at me and she poked me in the eye and said, I hate it. you, I hate you, this never ends, why don't you kind of end, kind of end. And then, yeah, 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 no. But it wasn't, it wasn't Aztecs, was it? It was... Incredibly it was gorgeous tasty. looking vampires. <laughs> yeah. Pulling each other's heads off. 
Yeah. Again and again and again. <laughs> and a big crack opening up in the earth and people yeah. falling into it. That's Rami Mal- Malek for you. <laughs> That's what he does. And there was they, they had this thing where they'd like converge and they'd fight and they'd do all these cool battle moves and flips and then, yeah. and then just pull their head off. Oh, bollocks to this. I'll do the, the old head pull. And occasionally pulling off someone, the top of someone's head, like, out the mouth. Yes. <laughs> Without Fuck flinching. Me. Yeah. Even Michael Sheen gets his head pulled off. Fucking hell. It's, it's that kind of party. Now, I don't know, because I didn't read the Twilight books, and I wasn't really around for much of the Twilight hype, but how was that received? I have no idea. That's something my research did not reveal, because I can only imagine. <laughs> because, like, major characters in here are dying. Oh my god, everyone just fucking gets it. It's really rough. And by gets it, it's head pulled off every single time. (laughs) The last thought that went through every single one of their heads was, I can't be that easy to pull my head off. Shut (laughs) up. Thunk. (laughs) And they all came off with the sound of a cork (laughs) being like pulled at an angle from a bottle. (laughs) And then, oh, okay, it's a dream. But for a minute there, (laughs) just for a little bit, People must have been fucking mortified. What if they had said, oh, good news, everyone. We changed the ending to The Hobbit. Oh, I wonder what they did. And just everyone gets fucking slaughtered. Gandalf gets his beard ripped off in slow motion. And everyone dies a horrible death. And then that thunk, turns out to be thunk. a dream. <laughs> That's the sound of beards getting ripped off. And then, and then it's not. See, it forces you to have that emotional response. Yes. All the characters. All of them. <laughs> The ones we've loved for five movies now, dead. <laughs> yes. They're, they're dead and gone, unceremoniously as well. There was no like, yeah. I'm dying now. This is my death scene. It was all <laughs> It was all just like, oh, head's gone. Never mind. Yep. Next one. Thunk. There's that one done. Um, I don't know how it went down with fans. Went down pretty well with me. Um, but then really? again, yeah, because it's probably because of just the deeply entertaining movie it was attached to. Oh yeah, it could be the fact that I fucking adored this movie. I didn't stop <laughs> laughing, and the the, mo- the ending itself was fucking fantastic. Oh my it was god, so good! Fuck, oh. it works in so many ways. <laughs> it's it fucking the, wonderful. The whole film is so camp. Like that reviewer oh at the god. beginning said, it's the campus thing, and this battle is just a perfect little cherry on top of this ridiculous Sunday. There's burgers in that Sunday. There's donuts. <laughs> There's a big old cock in there as well. <laughs> it's Joel great. Schumacher. This is how you do camp. Yes. Fuck me. It's uh, and and I guess is it like how you do it is unintentionally camp because I don't think I, it was doing it on purpose is the thing. Oh, I I don't know because like nobody at any point says ice to see you even though they're in the snow. So like I was waiting for it. Yeah. Um, no. They they, they, they say things like I'm gonna love you forever. <laughs> and then which, pull which, someone's head off. <laughs> Yeah, it's ha- it's the happening level of things for me. It's the <laughs> the sound effects of the the whumps of people bringing yeah. people in for for a hug or like <laughs> the the, yes. the sound effects as they're jo- just jogging merrily at three hundred miles an hour through the forest. Yeah, coupled with how utterly atrocious every single special effect is, oh nothing God, looks yeah. good. Nothing. A, the second a special effect comes in, the second like. A moment's action comes into this movie. They turn into cartoon characters. They turn into cartoon <laughs> characters from Archer. And because they're using their powers so passively, it's like almost every scene, like a character will just go and sit in a chair and be like, Vroom. or most Boom. comically, like Alice has her vision. <laughs> and suddenly yeah. a fucking guy vumps him next to her. And it's like, are you okay? What is it, Alice? <laughs> it's just like, 
like nothing happened and it's the funniest shit and i i don't know i've heard a lot about um kirsten stewart and uh robert pattinson's very flat performances and they are they are very flat performances oh, they're flat. A couple... nobody's ever loved anybody as much as i love you there's one exception there are a couple of moments where kirsten stewart gets to be really angry and uh, those are pretty good. You imprinted on my daughter? It wasn't my choice. She's a baby! I've held her once. One time, Jacob! And already you think that you have some moronic wolfy claim on her? That was that was cool, and I, I felt things like... Believable, yeah. Yeah, it's just that, that straightness and the fact that everyone looks like they're fashion models. Hmm. It just it adds such a great campness to it, where everyone's doing these understated performances where they barely care about anything, talking dialogue hmm. that's so functional and exposition <laughs> yeah. heavy, but in a great way. Like, everything is such nonsense that it's entertaining to hear. Little children were very beautiful, so enchanting. To be near them was to love them. But their development was frozen at the age they were turned. They couldn't be taught or restrained. A single tantrum could destroy an entire village. And 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 I mean, they they look like pale garbage as well. <laughs> all all that like having a vamp being a vampire is is just having a chalky face, and that's <laughs> it. And you know the ch- the chalky vampires in is it Daylight? Oh yeah, yeah. The Ethan um, Hawke movie. Daybreak. Daylight is um, Sylvester Stallone has to get out of a yes. Has that's to get the, out explo- of a tunnel. the tunnel explosion. Yeah, yeah. With Viggo um, Mortensen. Oh, Daylight too. Vampire, <laughs> daylight two vampires now. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 weird departure, but it was pretty good. They had yeah. sort of pale vampires in there, but they, it was all daybreakers. Like, daybreakers, that's the one. Codebreakers. Yeah. They they have like a, <laughs> they just look like they've been out of the sun. Whereas in this, they they look like they've painted themselves up every morning. They look like they yeah. get up every morning and they go, oh, better put on the vampire costume. Yeah, and, and then they just also... chalk themselves up, rub a big old <laughs> make... like sausage roll in their face. But they still have to look hot, so there's like makeup on top of the pale. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like layers. So people are so far removed from what people should look like. It's yeah. amazing. And I mean, we have to talk about Michael Sheen. He, <laughs> I mean, can we make him a three man? I hear a strange heart. <laughs> just, just on, on this alone, because. He he really does give fifteen performances in once. He's doing everything. He's a very softly spoken character who, yeah, smiles as much as Michael Ironside does, but he never once has. <laughs> All right, let's have some fun. Instead, he'll just say something like, <laughs> "What happened the day of recording?" Where he just like, okay, you need to. The line is, "I can hear her strange heart," and you need to laugh in like excitement about it. Um. <laughs> Okay, so, okay, Paul, give me that straight. Okay. <clears throat> I can hear a strange heart. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, now, uh, I thought how, so. And Paul Giamatti, how would you, uh, how would you approach this material? <laughs> oh, I hear a strange heart. I can hear a strange heart. No, I'm not going to do it. No, we're going to go with Michael Sheen on this one, I'm afraid. Yeah, no. <laughs> Next, next step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, can I can hear a strange, a strange heart. <laughs> but he does that. He, he like every character he interacts with. He's treating it yeah. as if it's like a walking, talking seventh wonder of the world. <laughs> every, everything, everything he interacts with is as if for the first time in his life, and he's immortal. <laughs> it's amazing. He's so full of wonder and happiness. Oh. 
it's really everything. It really and, is, but uh, but I mean, it's it's yeah, it's 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 not just him. There are some real bonkers performances, and that <laughs> baby. Oh fuck me! That like, baby. Why was it so hard just to have a baby? Like, was it, it just a nightmare to work with? Did they have like five babies and they all sucked? God, Lu- you know, making a Lu- Twilight movie. How bad could they have been? <laughs> Do you know what? L- Looper is a good film, right? Looper is a fantastic film. Do you know the yeah. one thing that people didn't praise? What? It's making Joe Lev look like Bruce Willis. <laughs> I think the consensus was that that wasn't needed. No, it was fine. You, we can believe it, that an actor is at some point going to grow to another one. Yeah. Especially if the first one is a baby. Yeah. <laughs> and they didn't... Oh, I mean, I don't know if they did it just because in, in Breaking Dawn Part 1 they needed the baby to convincingly be imprinted upon gross but <laughs> but actually you know i say gross but that's actually a really i'd like that as a as a like plot what? point sorry I what like the imprinting on a baby like it's it's a pretty brave thing to write in a young adult <laughs> novel true it felt to me it just felt like a consolation prize of just oh no all the team jacob people are going to be unhappy oh, all right you can he can get together with the daughter it's like because that- i don't know if you noticed most of the characters are in a relationship. Yes. There's a lot of couples. Like, and, and at the end, they all just sort of turn and embrace each other. Which, I don't know, maybe they just found... We don't have anyone left for Jacob. Jacob! We don't have anyone left for him. <laughs> Calling that a consolation prize, I think, is very charitable. It, it really is last place at the raffle, isn't it? <laughs> at the wife swap. when everyone's drawn the keys you really don't want to be the one stood there with like the toys from a playmobile (laughs) (laughs) oh Oh, gosh no not really agreed (laughs) but 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 it works in 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 line with jacob's character as a as a werewolf it's that's a thing right i'm sure that's like a thing in other fictions not just Twilight for this purpose i really wanted to know how it worked i had no idea i've never heard of imprinting before and i googled it and it's kind of like because i wondered what choice she has like does the imprinting only happen if the girl consents and it's kind of like a shared bond no he just Mm. like falls in love with someone um the way jacob describes it in the book is it's not like love at first sight it's like gravity changes which puts a lot of pressure on renezme to like this guy because He is, she is now literally the centre of the world for him. Yeah, and I mean, to, to be fair, it might it doesn't necessarily mean that they'll fuck because she might not want <laughs> it, right? No, he's just going to be her slave forever. Yeah, he, he's going to be her, her big old dog slave. And he, he's going to be okay with that, though, is the thing, because he's imprinted. And you know, oh, it's, it's, like, it's, the, it's the reverse, I suppose, of, you know, how like baby ducks and shit like that all, they, they eat <laughs> shit like that. Some fucking ducks. <laughs> Some fucking wing shit. They 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 sort of get imprinted on by the first like whatever oh, the yes. first thing what? they see as a mother, right? So it's that it's a makes thing it in the animal creepier. kingdom. It, in the animal it's... kingdom, imprinting means the paternal bond. The uh, sorry, the yeah. um parental bond. Yes. You imprint like that's why you can't take kittens away from the mum too early because imprinting yeah. means you know you trust the thing that you see. Yeah. So the idea of Jacob doing that to a little kid, yeah, it's very weird. <laughs> but it's a brave old plot point. It's brave. I'll give it that. Stephanie Meyer was reading some Nabokov. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know how it works, and I, I'm not sure <laughs> quite like what the the history is here. So yeah. listeners, if you if you fancy tweeting in hashtag Taylor Lautner, we'll get this sorted. <laughs>
<laughs> it's pretty poorly done. I'm, I'm sure some people had some good intentions. It was very, very funny. Yes, definitely. And I, I, I hope that this was good for Twilight fans because it was good for me. Yeah. And I really want to know. I, I've heard, having not seen any of the other films, I'm reliably informed that none of the others are this ridiculous. That mm. they're much more subtly crap. Um, <laughs> Kirsten Stewart is a much worse character in the previous ones. In this, she was pretty much nothing, but she wasn't offensive. I think that's yeah. the difference. In the previous one, she does stuff like put her life at risk in order to try and get men to notice her. That's problematic. She doesn't do anything yeah. problematic in this, I don't think. Yeah, she's just she's just nothing. And the two, the two, I mean, Christian Stewart and Robert Pattinson together had no chemistry whatsoever. They were dating at the time, I think. I fi- part of me wonders if this was post breakup. <laughs> I hope not. I mean. Gosh, it was Robert Pattinson was doing an Eddie Redmayne and struggling to look her in the eye a lot of the time. Yeah. And <laughs> so, just briefly, it's... whilst we're still on terrible performances, um, Mackenzie Foy is really cute in the thing. She has like a little dress and her hair's yeah. done, and she looks adorable, just fucking adorable. But she doesn't give any of the fucks that she had with her. She uh, she kept those all to herself. Um, there's excellent but this adds to it this adds to it so much because there are moments where they're on a battlefield and I think she's on top of a wolf and she's just sort of smiling pleasantly whilst looking into the mid distance yes (laughs) just that it yeah she's on top of uh, Taylor Lorna isn't she her significant other yeah (laughs) I mean I guess that's just the 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 problem with having putting a little girl on a non-moving thing in front of a green screen. You're not quite going to convey the peril there in the scene, are you? I guess not. And of course, you know, she eventually worked with Christopher Nolan, where she put an actually emotionally collapsing Matthew McConaughey in front of him, in front of her, and got a much better performance as a result. <laughs> Had he tried to CG in a um, emotionally distraught Matthew McConaughey, probably wouldn't have had the same effect, and you've had a similar performance. <laughs> they um, tried to put him on an animatronic uh, Matthew McConaughey <laughs> as he runs on a treadmill in front of a green screen. The bad acting definitely adds to the camp value of it. And nothing against mm. any of these actors, because like we say, Mackenzie Foy was in Interstellar, where she was great. Kirsten Stewart's yeah. been amazing in the yeah. last few years. Um, even Robert Pattinson. I've not actually seen most of his projects, but I'm led to believe he's been really good in stuff like Cosmopolis and Yeah, Lost really City like Cosmopolis. Yeah. Was he in The Rover? Yeah. He the, yeah, he was the kid he in The was. Rover, right? Opposite Guy Pierce. He's good in that. Yeah. Yeah. So these actors have all proven that they're really good actors, but here, and I think that makes it okay. It makes it better to laugh here because if they were genuinely terrible, mm. you know, you'd have the Jake Lloyd effect, where you'd feel bad about it. Yeah, for ruining just, someone's life. Well, exactly. None of these people's lives have been ruined, and consequently, the film has an effect of feeling bad but harmless. It doesn't also have yeah. that stank that Highlander Two has of having killed a franchise. It ended yeah. a franchise, but it was yeah. meant to. It's set yeah. out to do that, is the difference. Yeah, and it, cer- it certainly did. Yeah. It certainly did do what it said it was going to do. Interestingly, without having seen the, the inter- having not seen the intervening films between one and this one, yeah. I didn't feel like I was missing anything. No, <laughs> it's a complete package. It pretty much could have just gone from that one to that one with maybe 10 minutes about... Who, who the fuck Jacob where- is. Yeah, who the fuck Jacob is and the fact that they had sex and then she gave birth and died. Um, yeah. Other than that, it felt like pretty, pretty much, I felt pretty good about it. Yeah. I felt like I could sail this one alone. Um, and another, another thing to mention before we get on to quickfire is the fact that it definitely didn't need to be two hours long. I think they could have fit this into an hour. 
Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was so much of nothing. There was there were. Oh God. I, I I feel like the way they padded out this film with in the same way that the uh, Attack of the Clones was padded out with several several <laughs> shots of Robert Pattinson and Christian Stewart looking longingly at each other that we just didn't need or want. Um. Yes, we didn't need or want. But I have to just for a minute try to do this without being condescending. Just think about the expectations and hopes and dreams of the teenage girls who enjoy Twilight. I was thinking about this especially when the cottage is introduced. And it was like, oh, this is out of nowhere and kind of weird. But it was like, no, no, no. This is this is it. Like, you want to imagine young, attractive Bella. Could be you. Young, mm-hmm. attractive Edward. Not young. They have a cottage now in the woods. Isn't it beautiful? Mm. And that's a thing. That's like Donnie mm. Yen taking out a room full of men. It's It's part of why you're here. You know, and it was a beautiful cottage. I really liked it. Um, it, and it was a very beautiful of... cottage with liquid milk toast pouring in through the windows. They could have had like, like I'm fine with it being a two hour film because that's what you tend to have to do. But uh, have yeah. like, if you're going to have cottage cottage moments, if you're going to have cottage times, <laughs> then have cottage moments. times. Yeah, have some cottaging, yeah. or or just have like I don't know, have them like spending more time together doing Edward better things, ta- not just like nesting more time each with other. the girl. More time with the girl would have been so fucking useful because, like, it's meant to be this thing of, oh, you mean the world to me. I would die for you. And it's like... Riley. You have... <laughs> Riley. You have two scenes with her. Yeah. Like, That's it's it. It so was, brief. They, it, it kind of feels like they had holding scenes. And they're like, we're going to put in some, like, character <laughs> moments here. But... And then they got to the editing and he's like, oh, you know, you know what I did? But he forgot again, didn't I? Oh, Bill. <laughs> okay, before Quickfire, there's one last thing I'd like to talk about. Okay. Because in addition to being one of the funniest films we've watched on this show and a genuinely enjoyable experience that I would recommend to anyone, quite literally, I really mean that, mm-hmm. it's also done some good. Or so I opines Kate Moor over at The Times, uh, who writes, We may laugh at the Twilight series. Yes, we fucking did. But however ridiculous its vampire romance roots, this series has changed cinema for the better. Or, as Helen O'Hara of Empire, the movie magazine, Empire, that's fine, um, explains, Twilight was the first film of a trend that is becoming a wave that may become, in the distant future, something perfectly normal. The female-focused franchise. Which is correct, because in the time since, huh. Hunger Games was after this. This started in, like, 2007, didn't it? Suddenly people realised, hey, over half of the cinema-going population are women. Maybe we should make films that can appeal to them as well as men and not just pitch the same condescending rom-com concept, you know, various days to them, mothers, yeah, valentines, etc. D. Maybe we could <laughs> maybe we could make movies for everyone. And maybe we yeah. wouldn't have had Wonder Woman and maybe it would have been a more tricky sell to put a woman up front in Star Wars. Had it not been for stuff like Twilight, it's a bit of a reach, perhaps, but I'm sticking with it. <laughs> no, nah, I'm willing to go with that. Mark Kermode wrote in The Observer, Twilight proved that a tale of an independent young woman torn between two buff blokes could become a box office bonanza in a world where teenage boys once ruled the roost. It's a positive thing. Yeah, I feel pretty good about that now you've said that. <laughs> Thanks, Mr. Kermode. Yeah. Um, uh, O'Hara makes one last point, because I actually found her her article, and near the end she says... You shouldn't laugh at Twilight fans, the Twilight fans who brought us here. They're no crazier than the Trekkers, the Star Wars fans, or comic book guys who drove geekdom to its current status in high culture. 
Yeah, that's good. And to, yeah. to be fair, I, I've, I've never borne any ill will to Twilight fans. Yeah. And I've always felt a bit bad about the, the stick and abuse. There's a lot of ire saved up for people who yeah. who unashamedly like young, you know, YA fiction. And yeah. whilst there's... Uh, there's a whole YA debate that can be saved for that the time that we do a book podcast. I <laughs> I hope it's never yeah never come across in this episode that I've uh, I wanted to like ridicule Twilight fans. But I just I, I want to come back in, with regards to Twilight fans. One last thing I want to come back to Mandar Dami over IMDb who said I don't understand why people brackets I mean girls were laughing in between as if the dialogues were really humorous. Really, you don't? Ness was catching snowflakes. Of course. You don't get why people were laughing. I like to think that the fans of this thing, and I don't want to just limit it to teenage girls, you know, I think the fans of Twilight get the pageantry, get the campness, I think. Like, I don't think anyone's like, how dare these people be laughing at this serious drama? Look at Bella. Look at her. Sir. Like, I think people get how funny this is, and I think... I feel like I'm in on the joke now, whereas before yeah. I was just like, oh, Twilight, you know, <laughs> this is going to be bad. Now I feel like, oh, I get it. This is a soap <laughs> opera with head pulling off. <laughs> That's an interesting way of looking at it, definitely. I mean, didn't Michael Sheen do it for his daughters? <laughs> you know, he, he he said he wanted he wanted to be in it because his daughters love the books or something like that. And Oh, that's lovely. And know, he doesn't bring just... any cynicism to it. It's quite the reverse. Oh, he breaks shit, wide-eyed no, wonder. <laughs> he is the Alec Guinness of this performance. <laughs> yeah. All right, Paul, shall we quick fire? <laughs> quick fire. Um, I quite like the opening credits, despite it being completely mm. out of place and like for a TV show. It was quite nice and dramatic, and it took the you know the fact that it was a finale in its stride and went yeah, check this out, motherfuckers. Carter Burwell's score was an interesting presence. I was a very big fan of the Carter Burwell score. It was very good. It was a very yeah. good score. A little at odds in terms of tone. Oh, no, actually, no, it was perfect because it had absolute straight face seriousness, I think, throughout yeah. the film, which definitely worked for me. I also like the rest of the soundtrack, which is mm. technically still an original soundtrack. All, all the extra tracks in there from hip, like, hip indie bands were written specially for the, for the movie. Yep, every song had- in it was written for it, which, yeah, um, yeah there's some really nice songs in there as uh if it's by people like james vincent mcmorrow uh ico it's yeah. re- like some really fucking good people and in in the first twilight actually there was a, a muse track there's a Ooh. wonderful vam- vampire baseball scene that played out to music supermassive black hole oh, okay um, i was gonna ask if it was an original muse track and i was like oh what the no, fuck was no. that huh oh maybe you know we could have listened before muse uh before muse completely lost themselves <laughs> it's twilight <laughs> <laughs> Something about Twilight. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah, that's um, big muse. <laughs> we can, we do, can this. do this. Um, the the movie also ends to is it in rainbows? The Radiohead track, which is oh, a right, fucking yeah. good Radiohead track as well. <laughs> um, yeah, the, the 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 music's always been on point. Apparently, Steffi Meyer, Steffi Meyer, Steffi, yeah. old Steffi. Old she Steph. was a big. She was a really big fan. Old Steph. The prodigal <laughs> Steph 
returned. Yeah, she um she has a very good taste in music apparently, and um a lot mm. she I think a lot of the soundtracks uh for these movies were music mm. that she was listening to whilst writing. So Muse and Radiohead and people like that. Cool. Um, and yeah, she's got a fucking good soundtrack this time around. Oh, well, there's a bit after Jacob gets thrown out of the house and two massive wolves show up and um, Jacob's on the floor and one of the wolves comes over and it's like, <sighs> and uh, Taylor Lautner just turns and says, it's fine, Leia. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine, Steve. <laughs> Leave it, Dave. <laughs> the werewolf. Obviously, the hunting scene was uh, very funny, but um, yep. there's this concept of uh, her seeing everything in real time as she's darting at light speed through the forest and yeah. they have her pausing with her hair like fl- flushing about Pantene style <laughs> and she yeah. she looks at a, a flower that's blooming yeah and there are a couple of nice like around, during that scene there are a couple of like nice slow like time lapse mm. nature shots and there's also like after that when they were just like rolling around and just faffing about there was just some <laughs> really nice like in nature moments yeah case you um has a great emoting moment where um she weirdly yells at, J- at Taylor Lautner. You nicknamed my daughter after the Loch Ness Monster? For, for me, it's just really setting out the mission statement of this film of just, this is a comedy. <laughs> Don't yeah. worry about it, guys. It definitely uh, is. <laughs> our Pats is wearing a, a lovely shirt where you can see his nipples. What a saucy boy. Saucy boy. The vampire who looked quite a bit like a squashed Chris Evans never stopped smiling. Even when he was explaining about like little girls destroying entire villages and having to be put to death in front of their parents. He yeah. just he never stopped smiling. Glad to be there. <laughs> I really like Billy Burke. I thought he was very good. Where they're teaching Kristen Stewart how to behave more like a human by going like walking calmly towards a chair and then sitting down and yeah. crossing her legs. She she freight trains into this chair knocks a few yeah. like paintings off the wall and then when everything settles she just she like just tries to nonchalantly cross her legs like nothing is wrong and it, yeah another good comedy moment an intentional comedy moment yes speaking of which in that same moment she has a line where she condenses everything that she's been taught about how to be human um and says okay i got it move around blink slouch yeah and it was funny yeah <laughs> Especially since that kind of feels like the direction she may have been given for her performance. (laughs) (laughs) The whole device of telling Michael Sheen important plot points through his hands, I thought, was a really handy way of of repeating. (laughs) Handy way? Oh! (laughs) You had to go to Australia to get out and know that big. (laughs) Wouldn't have fit in England. (laughs) There'd have been police at my door. (laughs) The market would have shut down. As it happens in Australia, one little old man's going to show up saying, you all right, mate? He's going to hand oh, me a stubby. <laughs> Have a nice cold one. That's your issue. The whole thing of telling Michael Sheen, repeating plot points by letting him take the hand of people and just seeing it without showing the, the audience again, I thought was a really nice way of doing that. Rather was. than just coming back and being like, oh, the thing I've just seen, I'm going to tell you about again. And and when Renesmee goes to, he reaches out his hand to take Renesmee's hand. But she reaches yeah. past that to touch his face instead. Yeah. Um, that was a great little moment. And I thought, I, I suddenly like imagined different characters. Like if everyone just fucking loved Renesmee and we all did mm. as well, because we we knew that she was just this kind of like the um, the dream chick from Blade Runner 2049, the chick who makes dreams. Mm. You know how at the minute she shows up on on film, it's just, oh, she's different. 
there's there's yes. wonder to her that we haven't seen elsewhere. Yeah. If it had been that kind of character reaching past Michael Sheen's hand and in order to show him something he's never seen before, like the villain of the film is going to yeah. have this moment. That's great. Loved it. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> when they're told about her being born of woman, um, yeah. this vampire child, that Kurt Cobain says, Artifice. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Just amazing. <laughs> yes. I was a Love big fan. Big fan of him. He was a flat-faced Kurt Cobain. He was doing everything he could. Um, uh, there was a very good line from Jacob, Taylor Lautner, um, when they're all getting ready for the fight and they're talking yeah. about who's going to fight and who's not. And he says, the packs will fight. We've never been afraid of vampires. And, and then he like looks at everyone and everyone kind of goes, <laughs> nice. That was that was that was a cool line, which I imagine has had like that's been like four or five movies building up. Yeah, I like the fact that Alice's secret signal is not is it Alice the chick with the short hair, um, mm. who leaves? I think it is. Um, her secret signal to everyone to attack is turning away from the guy really blatantly <laughs> and mouthing the word now, <laughs> really Audibly. obviously, audibly. Yeah. <laughs> to vampires who have seek super hearing. Yeah. What could this possibly oh. mean? This, <laughs> this cryptic, this this rune speech. I'm, I'm going to lump these my two final things into one because they're, okay. they're both in the final fight. Um, there was a, a great Superman punch at the beginning when the two armies collided. Yeah, and it was especially Superman-esque because he was, was vampire and could leap extra high. But there was yes. the, the reveal of Michael Sheen um, when he and Carlisle go head to head in the in the sky, yeah. and they collide, and then they both land. And Carlisle just like fumbles and falls face first into the snow. And Michael Sheen lands like superhero style on one knee and fr- just in front of the camera. Yeah. And and just as Carlisle foil- falls, Michael Sheen just lifts up his head that he's holding in his hand. And that was a really, <laughs> that was a really cool reveal. Yeah. There's a guy and two vampires run really fast past him. And whilst they're going, they, the two vampires take like a scoop of him out of him. And he yeah. just falls in half. Yes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. It's a real good violence. I mean, the the the, <laughs> the, the splitting the head, like at the mouth, it didn't it didn't look disgusting. Yeah, I was able to look at it without wincing. Yeah, because everyone's just made of pudding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right, my final moment is a moment where it's very near the beginning. I can't quite place it. It's um, I think before Cottage, after Hunt, mm. where. It was early on for me, and I was watching this thinking, I wonder if I'm actually going to get invested in this. And Arpatz took Case Jew's head, face, mm. in his hand, and like has his hand on the side of her cheek, covering, you know, most of her features and stuff. Um, and it was sweet. And I thought, mm. ooh, that's a gesture that I can recognize and relate to, and is sweet. <laughs> I, I, I like that. And I did oh. wonder, just for a moment, holy shit, am I actually going to end up caring about their relationship which didn't quite happen but just for a yeah. moment there i suspended my disbelief and thought maybe i'm gonna end up as a twihard ah would you <laughs> call it a human moment i would call that a human moment between two vampires beautiful <laughs> love it all right all right uh how about that og team nope <laughs> no we didn't 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 have any we put out the call twice um <laughs> We put out the Phantom Menace call half an hour before recording and had uh, maybe maybe fifty responses. <laughs> this one, this one, I gave it a good week, and yep. uh, 
And no, I tweeted no at I tweeted tweeted at the official Twilight fucking Fred. <laughs> so yeah. no one no one chomping. No, no one, one is chomping whatsoever. Well yeah. before we round off then, let's just reiterate we really recommend Twilight Breaking Dawn Part Two. And I think yes. it works particularly well if you haven't seen any of the others. Yes. Mark Kermode would have you watch all of them, especially Eclipse. <laughs> We're going to be a little more charitable and suggest please just watch Breaking Dawn Part 2. It's on Amazon Prime. It's fucking great. It's on Netflix as well. Oh, wow. Anyone... Okay, then. You've no yeah. excuse. Go watch it now. Yeah. Go on. We'll wait. Go on. Hey, okay. let's not wait. <laughs> oh, sh- oh, shit. Okay, okay. Should we do the one better thing, then? <laughs> yeah, and those fuckers are going to miss it. The one better thing. All right. I'm, I am going to recommend a fantastic vampire film called Let the Right One In, directed by Thomas Alfredson, based on the novel by Jon Avida Lindqvist, which is brilliant in its own right and should definitely be read as well. Do it. Do it. Go and read it now. We'll wait. We're not going to wait. It's this beautiful <laughs> little story of a bullied boy called Oscar who meets and falls in love with Eli, a strange little girl who can't go into sunlight, has to be invited in, etc., etc. wonder what that is. She's strong and powerful <laughs> and helps Oscar get revenge on his bullies, but it turns out she needs shock horror, human blood to survive. Oh, what no. can Oscar do? Well, Give us why don't you watch the film and find out? Oh, okay. How, how far will you go for love? How far will you oh, go for love, Paul? Doncaster. Pretty far. <laughs> but, but no further. No. Um, Salford? Fuck off. <laughs> no way. Dreaming. Is Salford further away from London than Doncaster? You tell us, fans. <laughs> Hashtag Taylor Lautner. <laughs> We'll we'll get to the bottom of this. We'll, we'll get some home truths finally this episode. It's a beautiful little film. It looks gorgeous. It's darkly funny. And Twilight doesn't quite achieve any of the chemistry or the feels that this does. Um, I haven't seen the remakes. So I can't comment. Um, but you should definitely watch the original. It also uses the location really well. Stockholm in the snow in the dead of winter. Yeah. Twilight has Seattle and... In a mild May. Um, I have two. Okay. First of all, personal shopper, proving that Kirsten Stewart can be fucking amazing. Um, Kirsten Stewart stars as a young woman, desperate to know if there is life after death after the death of her spiritualist brother. Um, Consequently, she spends her time off from working as a personal shopper for a difficult uh, Parisian celebrity, a job that she absolutely fucking hates. Um, She spends her spare time hanging around her late brother's home, hoping that he will return to haunt her as he promised to do. Uh, this already strange situation is upended when a mysterious figure starts texting her some pretty aggressive and possessive stuff. Uh, then she gets caught up in a murder. So it's a film that defies classification as it borrows from lots of different genres and it constantly changes the focus. But what is consistent throughout is an excellent performance from Kirsten Stewart. Um, she's picked some really good projects post-Twilight where her subdued manner and emotional understatement have actually really worked in her favour. Um, in Personal Shopper, she's really versatile and really engaging. Um, she has that sort of understatedness, but also the sort of big emotions as well. Mm. She's able to sort of crank it up to 11 when she needs to. Um, it's one of the most unique films I've seen in years. So that's Personal Shopper, and then Stick'em with the Vampires, Only Lovers Left Alive. Mm. Uh, Jim, Jim Jarmusch's bash at vampiric romance. Uh, it's basically like Twilight only with Tom Hiddleston and Tilda Swinton as the vampiric couple. Oh, You're gosh. sold, right? You're sold, right? You couldn't. How could you not be sold Ooh. by now? Maybe a paedophile story thrown <laughs> in for good measure. 
Well, I haven't got that, but what I have got is John Hurt playing Christopher Marlowe, um, who faked Ooh. his own death and uh, continues to live in modern times as an aging vampire uh, and drug addict. Uh, Mia Vasikovska as a troublemaking young vampire who's all punk rock, sex, and violence. Mm. And the late great Anton Yelchin, who shrugs off his usual nervous energy in favor of a sort of laid-back stoner type that he inhabits beautifully. And he's charismatic as fuck, as well as hilarious. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it's Jarmusch, so it's beautiful, it's understated, it's incredibly natural, but also probably the most outrageously stylistic film he's ever made. The costumes and makeup, um, in particular, Tilda, have twin, Tilda Swinton looking at her most Tilda Swinton-y, uh, with her pure white skin and massive white messy hair and gowns made of pure gold. Um, she looks ancient. Uh, she looks like fucking... She looks like her... Um, Gary Oldman from Dracula. It's that look, only she makes it work. I think what it does best is something that Twilight doesn't even really try to do, which is get inside the head and hearts of two people who have lived together and loved each other for an eternity. Mm. Uh, it's a gorgeous film, but with Jamush's knack for pure humanity at its throbbing heart. Both uh, two films I have not seen and fully mm. intend to see. Excellent. Good stuff. Also, The Hunger Games is great. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, and that's the one better thing. <laughs> the one better thing. Well, thank you very much for listening to One Good Thing. Yeah, thank you so much. You can contact us on Twitter and Facebook at OGTPod. You can contact us uh, via email at OGTPod at <laughs> yeah, gmail.com. Just, just if you want. If you yeah. want, it's there. You know, this is, you know, we open it. We open it every day anyway. You know, just in case people come along. My novel Dockhead is available on Amazon in paperback and Kindle for five ninety nine. If you have already bought it and read it, please re- leave a review. That'd be great. And speaking of reviews, if you like what we're saying, leaving a review, uh, subscribing, and getting those downloads on uh, the day it's released, it, it helps us get noticed. It helps us get more listeners. It just makes for more fun all around. We don't spend any money in advertising, so if you do like the show, if you like us, or even if you just like one of us, tell a friend. <clears throat> Pass it on. Pay it forward. Yeah. Also, Christopher Nolan told me that if enough people subscribe to our podcast, he's going to make another Batman! <gasps> Batman 2, Dunkirk 2. <laughs> Dunkirk 2, Batman, now. <laughs> With vampires. He told me yes. that in the bus station that oh. he was in <laughs> and under. But yeah, thanks so much. Thank you very much. I'm Paul Salt. I'm Paul Goodman. And remember, the one good thing about Twilight Breaking Dawn Part 2 is the bit where Robert Pattinson tenderly held Kirsten Stewart in his hand, with his hand on her face, and it felt real. Then they broke up. Possibly they had already broken up. I don't know. I don't read heat.